Happy Halloween and spoiler warning. The movie we watched is a murder mystery, and we are going to discuss it in detail, including the killer. So beware, spoilers within. Enjoy! Here comes a new challenger! From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Between the power outages and the storm, the whole Emerson thing, uh, I think we can all agree that it's unsafe outside and there's safety in numbers. So maybe we. We should stay here tonight. Yeah, I don't want to go out and get eight. Same. Janine, you got room. You can put us all up, can't you? No, it's just a high school. Thank you so much, Some people would have to double up. Well, I mean, I think that'd be fine. Tessaly? Okay, slow down. Uh, out of curiosity, who is packing? I am, yes, sir, America. Well, we're packing, dog. Wow. I have Dave's hunting rifle, if that would be helpful. Oh, gosh, I almost forgot. Um, I got, uh, it's teensy, it's just a little, okay. it's a little, it's spurs gun. Excuse you. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I think we should keep a, a gun in every room, you know, just to be safe. Go, oh, hold up! This dude Emerson wants to come down off his mountain maniac ass and eat our asses and fuck our skulls. Guess what? It's not gonna happen tonight because pam pam, I'm up in this shit. Yeah, where my gun goes, I goes. Same. And I'm sleeping with my wife. Unless someone prefers that my gun stays in someone else's room. Cecily, do you have protection? Or? I'm good. Thank you. Uh. One more time, raise your hand if you have a gun. It's tiny, it's, it's a purse gun. And uh, if you don't have a gun, no gun? Margaret's got my gun. Well, we're having a good old fashioned sleepover. With guns, though. With guns, yes. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we step into the moonlight and witness as our video game properties try and howl and transform into watchable films. I am Nick Moore. Joining with me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. How is everybody? Ooh, not bad. Mark? How's it going? <laughs> not quite the same level of enthusiasm. That is okay. No. We are here with, yeah. well, for lack of a better term, our... Halloween special, as it were, it just happens to work out well. Oh, oh, oh. We watched Werewolves Within, which truly is based off of a video game for the PlayStation VR. So it counts. Google it. I didn't believe him either. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely Googled it. I did not know that this existed. I knew the game existed. I did not know that there was a film based on it until I heard about it on the Slightly Something Else podcast with uh, Yahtzee Crosshaw. And I heard that it was decent. So we figured, you know, let's check it out and see how it is. It is a story of a group Ooh. of people trapped together and one of them may be a werewolf picking them off. So it is a horror comedy whodunit that's 
only an hour and a half of your time. Let's start with Mark, since you know you like horror games and horror films and all things scary. <laughs> What'd you think? Um, first of all, I have a hard time describing this as a horror in any way because <laughs> it's pure comedy to me. I was laughing and smiling the whole way through in a good way. Like I, I thought this was uh, quite fun, actually. Like uh, I've never played the game. Research after, I guess the spirit of the game is here, but regardless of the game this is just a fun movie to watch i think it's a fun little flick nothing serious nothing great but fun no that's fair wayne how about yourself i thought it was dumb (laughs) it's not it's 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 not a bad film (laughs) it's not a bad film it's not badly put together anything i just when we were done we looked at each other and said that was just dumb Uh, i don't know like it had some it made me laugh for dumb reasons, not because, I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was just dumb. Comedy is subjective, so I completely understand <laughs> now, that. Now, here's the thing. I did I did want to watch a, a YouTube gameplay video of, of the game to compare it, but I, I didn't get time to that. So I, you'll have to fill me in on sure. any of the game kind of side of that. And I'll get into that as well, because that might actually give some context to it. So the game it's based off of Werewolves Within is a social game for the PlayStation VR, where a bunch of people are in the game together and one of you is a werewolf and everyone else has to try and figure out who. So it's about talking to everyone and deducing it and figuring out who the werewolf is. The werewolf is trying to kill members of the group while the rest of the group is trying to vote on who they're going to kill because that person must be the werewolf. It's a social game that happens to be a VR game. This takes the very base premise of that and just basically makes a horror comedy out of it. It doesn't seem to really be drawing heavily off of the game because the game is just drawing off of the existing social game and slapping it into a VR medium. I enjoyed this because I like horror films that do not take themselves at all seriously and just try and be a little bit wacky (laughs) and more comedic. You know, your Evil Dead 2 and that sort of thing, the Final Girls, those sorts of films. And the the director of this, I was looking him up, and the director of this, one of his previous films, uh, what was the the name of the director? Josh Rubin. One of his previous films was called Scare Me, which is an anthology horror comedy. So it seems to be his wheelhouse sort of thing. Makes sense that he would have taken up this project. He had that released in 2020. And if you like horror comedy, I would recommend it. It's uneven, but fun. And this, I think, was actually a stronger effort from him in terms of the overall cast and the the one-liners involved. The horror comedy in that particular sentence, it is 15% horror at best. It is not particularly <laughs> scary or violent, but it is, to me at least, really funny. These characters are entertaining. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page before we discuss anything, because it is technically a whodunit. Uh, and a mystery. There's going to be spoilers. We're going to be discussing this, including who lives, who dies, and who's doing the killing. So if you have any interest in the premise of a bunch of people out in a rural town who get trapped together and are being picked off by a werewolf that's more funny than scary, stop listening, go watch it, and then come back. If you don't care, well, keep listening. We're going to ruin it. It's almost like a werewolf version of Clue, almost. Very much so. It is is exactly that, which is, I think, why I was enjoying it while I was watching it. It has that vibe of Clue, of Knives Out, where it's more about how entertaining the characters are to play off of each other. I mean, really, and this isn't to make my son sound clever, but one-third of the way through, I was absolutely positive, like completely confident who the killer was, and I was right. (laughs) So it's not hard to figure out. immediately. (laughs) I predicted who it was going to Mm -hmm. be, 
And then I had absolute, in my mind, concrete evidence as to who at a specific point in the film. I turned to Crin and said, I know who it is. Not suspect. I know. She said, mm-hmm. shut up. I'll believe you. And I was right. <laughs> and they even pointed to the evidence that I had. So, yeah, uh-huh, I'm smart. But that's not the point of this film. The point is watching these characters play off of each other. There's what, a dozen characters in this, I think? About, yeah. Uh, yeah, at some point. They, so, they, they dwindle quickly at times, but yeah. <laughs> they do from about the halfway point onward. So the the main character, the the main person we follow is a man who's showing up to this small town as its new ranger. So the closest thing they have to a sheriff, I suppose, and meets up with the local postal worker. And she kind of fills him in on the details of who the residents of this town are. And most of the town is battling back and forth about whether or not they're going to build a pipeline Half the people want this town that's in the middle of the woods to stay nice and woodsy. And the other people want the money from selling the land so they can have this pipeline in. And then werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) That takes about half the film before anyone A, realizes and B, believes that there could possibly be a werewolf eating and hurting everyone. Which I did appreciate. They didn't just immediately leap to that conclusion. (laughs) The only thing I'll actually give the film, even though we figured out who the werewolf was pretty early on. I'll admit that closer to the end, I turned to Christina and I said, is there even a werewolf at all? <laughs> like, it almost that had me believing they just thought it was a werewolf, but there is no werewolf. I almost would have preferred that. To yeah, they, they did a really awesome job with that, actually, of subverting the belief in the werewolf for a significant chunk of the movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, you question it, and they do a really good job of it. Well, for most of it, anytime the werewolf attacks... You see a person getting knocked across the camera, but they're being knocked away from the edge of the screen, and that's where the werewolf was. Or the werewolf has grabbed someone and dragged them across the screen, but you're never getting a look at it, so you don't really Mm. know. And really, you're not even hearing, like, growling noises or anything like that. You just hear the person screaming in terror when they get attacked. Mm -hmm. So up until maybe the last 15 minutes, it's debatable whether or not it's just some jerk killing everybody. Exactly. Yeah, totally. I, for one, was happy that it didn't become a, oh, no, it's normal people. I liked that they went with the full-on zaniness of, no, it's totally a werewolf. One of these people is absolutely going to transform. Because if I watch a movie with werewolf in the title and someone doesn't transform into a werewolf on screen, <laughs> I feel robbed. Sure. <laughs> so I was happy that that was the case. <laughs> I was happy too. I was more happy because of, again, the interplay of the characters in the big reveal scene. I, I was just, again, just making me laugh and smile the whole time. I was like, this is hilarious where she's, we'll get there, but like, where she's talking about manning up and he's like, but I'm a nice guy. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, enjoyed that. I enjoyed that scene so much. I don't know why. Well, most of the characters in this, the actors portraying them, they're really fun. They have a lot of good one-liners to them, but the characters themselves aren't necessarily deep. It's usually, here's one character trait and run with it. It feels more like um, if you're watching an improv session and you're told, your character's a coward, go. Your character's a sleazy guy who likes to touch every woman within five feet, go. That's kind of what they're given. You're the trailer trash couple, go. So they're not super Mm -hmm. deep. But they take that and have some really fun moments with them. For sure. Which I kind of enjoy. Boy, do they ever. It feels like if you went out and saw a night of comedy, and that night of comedy happened to be one of the people in our improv troupe is a werewolf. Can you guess who? Yeah. Most of it even takes place in one location at this 
I guess B and B place they have. Yeah, it's a B and B. Yeah, nice location. I thought so. You know, big, absolutely. Huge. I would love to go there if not for the fact <laughs> that you get eaten by a werewolf. Other than that, it was a wonderful place to stay. It looked really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Now we'll try and touch on some of the the plot points that happen. I will admit this is one of the first films in a long time that we've watched that I didn't take notes. I started to. I honestly did. I always sit down with a notebook so that I don't forget what the hell happens in these films and anything that might be kind of worth discussing. I got 10 minutes into it and said, no, I'm I'm actually enjoying these people and I feel like I'm going to miss something. So I set okay. it down and went, screw it. We're just running forward with it. I got a yeah. huge kick out of them. But that also means I have selective amnesia right now. That's how it always is. So I'll forget any of the boring things. That's why we have to watch the movie like the day before at most. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> well, we <did> it. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I watched it yesterday? Monday? Yeah. That's what – you can't even remember when you watched it. That's not good. But yeah. <laughs> you have at the very beginning, you have your first attack that could well be a werewolf, a character who is playing with a wedding ring and it looks like he's about to take that wedding ring off. So gives the insinuation that there's an affair happening. And then he hears noises in the woods. And I really liked, they don't have a lot of special effects in this, but as a useful kind of cheap practical effect, the idea of just having the camera pan a little bit, having a noise of something whooshing, and then just seeing the next thing of bushes move. That's cheap, but pretty effective in terms of showing how fast the werewolf is without Mm -hmm. actually seeing squat. Yeah. I appreciated that. That wasn't bad. It did give me the wrong impression that they might go more scary than funny because it's the only tense moment for about half the film i agree i was worried for that dude because i didn't know him or have any stakes other than oh no someone's gonna die same and also because i had no idea what to expect from this film i was right. already on edge yeah. okay we, this is what we're in for nope but then when you see him get attacked <laughs> and never see the werewolf at any point during i was like ah okay so we're not gonna find out for a good long time who the yeah. werewolf is well you see i long time i actually to your point it was funny because i was like not knowing anything about it, I was like, oh, okay. So that's the kind of movie. This is cool. True, maybe actually horror. And then you meet the main character. I was like, oh, nope, not. definitely <laughs> going to be a comedy. All right. <laughs> so our main character, let's get to him. Because as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that truly makes this movie work is the cast. And a lot of the heavy lifting is done by the lead actor in this. Yeah. He is yes. a lot of fun to watch. So, mm-hmm. what is the uh, the name of this gentleman? Sam Richardson. Say, has he been in anything else? He's been in some other he stuff. He did a good job in this. He's been in other stuff. Yeah. He was in Veep. He was in New Girl. He's been in a lot of things where he's a supporting player that shows up. But I don't know if he's had yeah. anything like crazy significant where he's been the lead role. Out of curiosity, yeah, take a quick look here. It looks like maybe he's in either a Jurassic Park or a Tomorrow War. Because he, oh yeah, Tomorrow War with uh with one of the Chris's. So he's had stuff that he's done, but he's just the most likable, nice, harmless human I think I've yeah. seen in a long time. It's a really weird choice in a film to have a harmless character as your lead. Normally your your ranger, your sheriff, your cop is going to be the one who takes charge of the room. Yeah, and the Rough and tough. And, Right, and, you know, we're going to solve this. A hunter. This guy spends half of the film with everyone yelling at each other and him going, uh, 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 guys, maybe maybe we should, you know, work together. <laughs> but they're actually yeah. heartfelt speeches. Like, you're like, yeah. They are. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Whenever he has a rousing speech, it's something where you're like, man, 
What a wonderful thing to say. We should all come together. We should all be good neighbors. And then nobody Nobody listens. listens. (laughs) And this is one of the things I thought was really brilliant about it. And the film goes out of its way to do this, you know, by the end. But everyone else in this town is despicable. They're all different shades of bad people. Yeah, you just don't realize it till Mm -hmm. the back half. Right. And not bad, like evil, evil, but they're all eh, self-greed, type backstabbing, of thing. greedy, yeah. self-important, Selfish. self-absorbed. They're just not nice, for lack of a better term. They're not nice people. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas he's a nice person. <laughs> so you side with him versus all of these just absolute morons and jerks to a point where when they start dying off, I'm laughing because they kind of deserve it. <laughs> yeah. I also laugh at their deaths because their deaths are mostly weirdly comedic for me. Oh, they are. They absolutely are. They're played massively for laughs. <laughs> yeah. There's one that isn't really. I think it's the one husband. Okay. That uh, one even was, that one, that I was, think that one's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know she kills him with a funny instrument, but it was like, it's so shocking that it happens and how it happens and what she uses. I was just like, Ooh, that's, that's dark. Oh, that the, the maple syrup spigot. Yes. The maple syrup spigot to the throat was just <laughs> unexpectedly dark from the character that did it at the time. Like at the time. Yeah. That was more like a, Whoa, it makes sense later. Yeah. It makes sense later. Cause she's clearly snapped. But in that exact moment, I was like, what the hell is happening? So well, it's one of the things I kind of appreciate with the way that they, unveil everyone's like underlying badness for a lack of a better description. You mean they're werewolf within? Well, yeah. I mean, they're not being subtle about it, but I, I like that they there. do that. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You have obviously your actual werewolf in the room, but every one of them has this awful version of themselves hiding underneath. And the second no one else is watching, it comes out to play. I think that's kind of cool. It makes you not necessarily side with the the character who ends up being the werewolf, but you can understand why they don't have any compunctions about doing this, because mm-hmm. how is anyone in the town any better? Because the person who is a werewolf, they're actually a nice person, too. <laughs> <laughs> Until you realize they're the werewolf, but like... Yeah. So we're going to jump uh, ahead just so we don't have to dance around One of the it. funnier characters. One of the funnier characters as well. So last chance, last warning, spoilers, spoilers, run away. Who did it? Who did it? <laughs> and the reason I need to bring it up early is because it's such a fascinating character in terms of how they play it out. And to really kind of get an appreciation for how awful everyone else is and how the story kind of punishes them for it, you have to know who's behind everything. One of the first people, if not the first person that our ranger meets mm-hmm. is the basically the pixie dream girl, but she happens to be a postal worker. She is the the stereotypical short, uh, auburn hair, perky, not quite five foot, what, five foot six sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Seems to like I everything even... that he likes. She just, you know, wants she everyone like she's to. Five, two. <laughs> right. Let's go five four. Yeah. Sure. Either way. It's this idealized version that a lot of people have of, oh, this is like the perfect girl. And she happens to be that. And it's by design. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When it's just him at the end and he goes, you know, you're the werewolf. She's like, yeah, werewolves are real. The version of me that you were falling in love with, the one who liked the same poetry as you and and happens to think that you of all people are cool. That's the fantasy unicorn. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. And I had to look her up after because, again, I thought I found the actress so compelling and hilarious. I was like, man, what else has she been in? And she is apparently just famous from the AT&T commercials that I've never seen because we're not oh. in America and we don't get those commercials. So she had gotten a really big following in America as, as again, this cute, bubbly actress who was like doing their AT&T commercials. And oh, that she is had perfect to lean into this after Quite that? a string of success. Yeah, quite yeah. a string of success. And this was like her first genuinely big movie. Right. She did good. Well, because most yeah. of this film, she's either the, the plucky, you know, potential girlfriend or the damsel in distress. Those are the two roles mm-hmm. that she's playing. And by the end of it, she's like, but you were so great. She's like, great, really? Ah, help me. I can't see myself. That's great to you. <laughs> like her heel yeah. turn is fantastic because of the way that she's viewing the town. And right. especially when he's mm-hmm. like, but you killed this person and this person, like the the husband who's always trying to put his hands on her, like, oh, everyone's so scared here. I'll console you and tries to hug her. She makes that comment about how, you know how men like to guide you and put their hand on your lower back? What's the first thing that gets destroyed on him? His hand gets bitten off by the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else, she just tries to kill or eat. That's one of the only ones where it's a malicious, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. It has some nice personality to it. And I question if he hadn't figured out, if our ranger friend hadn't figured out if she was the werewolf, would she have let him walk? I couldn't tell. Yeah. I had the impression she would have killed him, but not maybe right then. For no other reason than <laughs> the sheer carnage of that town and the real consequences of the next day, like once the storm cleared, because again, they get trapped in the town because of a storm and a power outage. Yeah, there'd be some real consequences for, okay, there's a lot of dead bodies here. Mm-hmm. Fair. Just, so maybe she was waiting for him to pass know, out from blood loss or something. Something. But I found it hard to read until he pieces it together with the same clues that I already had. Damn it. If he can only keep up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But was it the the first time you meet this guy to get an idea of the type of person he is? He's driving to that town, listening to a motivational speech that some woman's reading off the tape about saying balls over and over again so you can feel his manhood and then giving a primal scream. (laughs) Yeah. If you need to do that to feel like more of a man, I'm worried for you because that's or his uh, that's not normal. The voicemail balls. The voicemail to his ex girlfriend. My God, that was so funny. Call me or don't. You know, you do whatever you want. No, no. Uh, I, I, I want you to call me because I am making a decision. Like, it's so funny. It's <laughs> He's painful. Yeah, yeah totally. In a way that's likable. Like you want him to be better, but you know he's not going to be anytime soon. Right. And it's my favorite thing about the movie. He doesn't change. Yeah. He does, and he doesn't. It's a fun mm, reversal not of. Really. You have the the final girl in most horror films is the wimpy girl being chased by the stalker. And by the end, she has confidence. She, she can stand up for herself and she can be a badass. He spends most of the film not just being nice, but being really meek and being a pushover. And by the end of it, he's still nice. But by the end of it, he's like, you know, I just want to be nice is there anything wrong with that and now he's willing to take on a werewolf he at least has some confidence but to see the guy be that final girl you usually see in a horror film they did it really well with him 
The only one that I've seen that really compares is Ash from Evil Dead, who starts off wimpy and becomes tough over the course of that film. They do the same thing, but with this guy's personality being the part that's weak, not his physicality, right? He stops being a pushover. See, I didn't feel that way about him, if I'm being honest, only because there was never a moment in the the film I didn't find him competent. Like, there's no moment where he seems incompetent. He's He's simply... In fact, even when, like, I didn't even really find him, he's meek, but not overly meek, because when he needs to, he steps up and he, again, he delivers his speech. He has his voice heard. But he's always a pushover. The second that they don't agree with him or go against him, he just kind of shrugs and goes, okay, I guess. And by the end of it, he's willing to stand up for himself. He never feel like he's in control. Right. At the end of it, he takes some level of control, which I appreciated. Some. See, I guess it didn't... uh, (laughs) Baby steps. I guess it didn't... It didn't sell it for me only because okay. there's no one else in the room. So it's just him. And you don't, you haven't a seen werewolf. him in a one-on-one. Well, <laughs> it's him a and a werewolf. you seen him in a one-on-one scenario where he was, again, not willing to take action. In fact, every time he, he has an opportunity to take action, he does throughout the entire movie. He's every time he's challenged, action. he backs down. The mountain man, the pipeline guy, every time he's challenged in a confrontation, even a verbal one, he backs down. This is the one time that he doesn't. So I liked that about him. I thought that was kind of a cool, at least somewhat of an arc for his character. He feels like he improves on himself. Just took a werewolf to do it. Yeah, I thought he accepted himself a bit more. Yes, I thought he accepted himself more than he changed, I guess is the way I would put it. Because I didn't feel like he changed. I just thought he was like, I'm still who I am, but I just accept who I am. Even after that whole speech and she's going to attack him. What was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember if it's before or after he stabs her at the snowshoe where he yells balls. <laughs> it's a lot funnier that time around. <laughs> I think it's after. I think it's after. He's like, balls! And now that's become like yeah. his mantra. <laughs> yeah, I think it's after. <laughs> but anyway, he's, he's fun. The other thing that is hilariously fun are some of the deaths. Do we have a favorite? Wayne, what's your favorite death? Actually, the one that took me off guard was uh, when they pulled up in the truck. Oh god! She just shoots. She just, just shoots him right in the head. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, what? That just happened so quick." The two yeah. took of me that. right off guard. I was just like, "Whoa!" Because you're already just you're already processing the fact that he just backed over somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, bam! They get shot. You're like, "What the hell?" That one, I like that. That's one. my favorite one too, for that same reason. Because I, of all of them, it's the fastest. Yeah, yeah. to me, I, I think it's the fastest. And it and is. You're still processing what just happened. Yeah, and it exactly. <laughs> like it. Happens so fast. Oh, shit. Well, so funny. What makes it work really well is the setup. You know which death to expect, but you're not expecting the other one. Correct. You have of the trailer trash couple. Everything's gone sideways. Half the people have run from this B&B to go off to their own thing because the werewolf is out there. And when they come across the the man of the trailer trash couple again, he is duct taped kitchen knives to his hand like he's Freddy (laughs) Krueger. And tells them, I'm going to steal all your sh**. And they're going to think the werewolf did it. And starts calling them bitch every single time he talks, which I thought was a nice touch now that he's supposed to be Freddy. (laughs) That was making me chuckle. (laughs) You see him running out of the house with a backpack and he's backing up. And you can tell from the way the composition of the shot is laid out. He's backing up onto the road and he's not looking. You know a car is going to hit him. That's the joke the audience expects. And sure enough, his wife comes screaming up in the vehicle and runs right over him. And then when she's like, baby, come on, we gotta go. 
she gets her head blown clean off in like one <laughs> yeah, and a half like seconds. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, you're still processing. I was still processing that it was her that actually ran him over. Yep. So that when it when her head exploded, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> Is that that super happens <laughs> so fast that it, may, it so takes what would have been a lame joke. If it was just his death in the running over, we've seen that done a number of times. I mean, Final Destination does it better than anyone with the bus. That's hands mm-hmm. down the yeah. best someone getting run over death. Yeah. But mm-hmm. following it up with the head blown off immediately after, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no time to process that. And it worked well. Right. It low-key led to one of my favorite like subtle acting moments in the movie where there's a scene where they finally go to like start that truck. But when they're going around the back, they make this squish sound. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, Oh, that's gross. <laughs> it's, it's like the audience and you can kind of forget that moments ago, because other things happen, there's a dead body at the back of the truck. Right. So when they go to run around the back of the truck, he steps on the dead body and it's just the idea of like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> like it's that quick. Oh god, I just stepped on him. Oh, it's little gross. things like that. It's their reactions to the violence that sells it because really seeing people yes. die in a horror film, I've seen it a dozen times. But even the first dead body, the one from the very beginning of the film that our ranger stumbles across, it's that shot of all of them standing over top of it. The dead body is just close enough on camera and at the bottom it blurred so you're not seeing any of the aftermath. You're just seeing their reactions to it. And the way that they're, yes. like, poking at it and kind of, like, squirming about it yeah. makes it really funny. And the whole time that they're yeah. going on about a, a literal dead body of a grown man, the one crazy woman is like, yeah, but what about my chachi, my little baby dog? <laughs> Are yes. you kidding me? There's a dead man in front of you, and she's worried about her little, like, six-pound, what, chihuahua or... Pomeran or whatever mm. that thing was. Yeah, it looks like Pomeran. a Pomeranian. What, what was that? Yeah. yeah it looks like a Pomeranian. And again, that sets up a really kind of twisted moment for her later. She spends half of the film seemingly completely helpless because her dog has been taken from her. So it catches you really off guard when she's so cold hearted yeah. about the two, uh, the gay couple and stabbing the one in the throat and be like, I want that money. I want that pipeline to happen. And you're standing in my way. What was it? She's got the spigot in her hand and goes, this is where the good stuff comes out and shoves it into his throat. That is cold hearted. Yeah. And you don't expect that from that character. Right. That's what (laughs) sells that moment. That's one of the darker. Yeah. It's one of the darker deaths is just that. Cause it's just like, whoa, whoa, what? But from that moment on, (laughs) that's the kind of character she is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like she's completely like that from that point on dealing with everyone else. So it's like this one moment, that's her transformation, which is kind of awesome. She's finally snapped. And it kind of takes, again, her husband is basically dead slash dying. And she realizes her dream of a new shop is gone. So she snaps. And it makes sense. It's just that first kill caught me off guard. It's like, oh, Oh, oh my God. (laughs) It's those little things in it that make the film work for me. Now, all that said, and again, I really enjoyed this film. I don't know if it's something I could watch repeatedly. I think this was something where I enjoyed it once, had a good laugh, and I move on. I think yeah. this is a one-time viewing for a lot of people. Same. But I do yeah, think, I think it's so worth too. that one viewing. It was funny. I, you know, it's funny. Like, I say it's dumb, but I did, but I did say oh, it's it not is a dumb. bad film. It's not a bad film. Like, 
somebody said they want to watch it, I'd be like, go ahead, watch it. Maybe yeah. you will be entertained. Maybe you will laugh. Maybe you'll think mm. it's dumb. But it's not a bad film. It's not an incompetently made film. It's it's well put no. together. It's well acted. It's just dumb. <laughs> and again, maybe it's a matter of different words. It's just really silly, right? Yeah, like that. It's not dumb like it's stupidly that, written. It's just really silly. And, and perhaps maybe I was a little biased because maybe I was hoping <laughs> to get more into a horror movie or something like that. And when it didn't, yeah. yeah. uh, it's been a while since I've seen a horror movie because Christina doesn't like them. So I thought, oh, great, this is an opportunity to see one, and it wasn't. Welcome to Raccoon City is coming. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the quality of, like, a 30-minute sitcom. Mm -hmm. And I think if that was a series, like maybe, again, a two- or three-episode series type thing, it would feel more at home than a film. Like, it feels a little under quality to be a good film, but it would be a really excellent TV series if it was one. But I found the humor... (laughs) <laughs> again, the charisma and the acting, I had a lot of love for. I thought the, the, the humor, the banter, the, just the little sly things people would kind of say under their breath. Like I was just laughing the whole time. And as a big fan of the old movie Clue, I was really loving that Clue-like feel oh, absolutely. to this whole thing. And some of the lines, like what was it? The, the trailer trash husband. We got to check for known unknowns. And any unknowns, we got to make them known. Yeah. Yeah, I like that line. <laughs> yeah, he has a, a lot of gems that are like oh. gone in a second because he's saying gibberish. But like, he's got a right. lot of gems that maybe like, what did he just say? <laughs> it's that idiot. definition of smart stupid, where the character says something bone dead stupid, but it took someone relatively smart to think of that dumb thing to say. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. And I enjoy the hell out of dialogue like that. That's why I like things like King of the Hill when characters would say something really stupid, but it's a clever, stupid thing. Yeah. Right. And this has mm-hmm. that. But yes, there is a I don't want to say necessarily a cheapness, but it does have a B movie quality to it. Yes. B movie quality works really well for straight horror. It's a tougher line to walk when it's comedy B movie. Yeah. I, there's some weird yeah. delineation there that doesn't always work. But this movie has a charm to it that won me over, frankly. And again, sure. horror comedy is it's easy to win me on that one. Say something sure. funny and then have something bloody. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty yeah. cool stuff in in terms of that. And not to say there isn't much to discuss for it, but really, I don't know any other things to really touch on without spoiling too much of it. There's a lot of fun characters in it, which I think is the strongest part of it. But the plot is almost inconsequential in terms of what happens. Yeah. A group of people and they're going to get picked off one yeah. by one. That's the plot. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the subplot of what's happening within the town. The gas line. Yeah. Like it's not overly relevant to the rest of the plot outside of like minor motivations just, near the end. Like the very back half. It's just there to give the characters a pro or, or are they for or against it. And that pits them against each other. Yeah. Right? The only weird thing, and this was truly, again, one of those more shocking, jarring things, was that the big gas pipeline guy is hunting the werewolf. Yeah, He's that was actually the biggest surprise it. to me, that he was actually a werewolf hunter. Yes. I was like, oh, he actually is. And they don't really explain it a whole lot. So Just let's unpack that for a minute, because I was trying to figure that out. Is it that he's the pipeline guy, but he's also hunting the werewolf? Or is it more that he's hunting the werewolf and he's using his pipeline as a way to track the werewolf? <laughs> like, I didn't know which one seemed to be more important to him. Which begs the question, is there ever actually a pipeline coming through? Right. Like, I couldn't I tell. wish I knew the answer. I have no idea. I have no idea. 
And again, it's one of those things where not knowing and not being able to trust anything that anyone says in this film, you don't really know. Does he have this money? Is there really a pipeline? I do like the, and they overtly bring up the phallic nature of this monument to his pipeline, the gas tanks with the propane cylinder in the middle that is (laughs) literally a dick and balls in the middle of the town with the tip of it on fire. Yeah. 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 When they first drive by it at the beginning, I was like, did I just see a propane tank that looked like a dick and balls? Was that <laughs> yeah. just a throwaway gag? And it becomes central to the plot. They yeah. keep going back to this thing. Yeah. Until they blow yes. it. Until it blows its load. Because of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, again, not she a subtle there. film. Yeah. But an effective film. Yeah. Yeah, guy. Right. But all of those characters, he's supposed to be this pipeline businessman. And it turns out he's a big game hunter. But the clue is there when he talks about, you know, a brown bear that he had fought way back when in some place that he shouldn't even be hunting because the scientist is looking at him sideways about, you know, why are you hunting animals? Because she's an environmentalist and whatnot. Everyone seems to have some weird secret to them. Yeah. She was weird, too. She made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because. I couldn't tell, and especially because her character dies not too long after, you start to realize she's being weird. It's the idea that, like, is she aware of the werewolf? Because she seems extremely concerned about waiting for the results of a test to tell her Mm -hmm. that the DNA is mixed between wolf and human. And she's the one who kind of really sets the group up of, like, it's a werewolf, and I ain't coming out of this room because it's one of y'all. That scene is amazing. (laughs) That scene is amazing, (laughs) but she's weird and she's weird the whole movie. And then she's dead. (laughs) I feel like she's weird as a red herring for the audience because she's so almost inhuman the way that she acts. You're like, well, maybe she's the werewolf (laughs) until they go knock on her door and she just immediately starts opening fire with her gun and going, none of you come near me. I'm not coming through that door. And if you knock, I'll shoot again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I loved it. I loved it. All of it. those characters have that strange duality to them. And yeah, her character seems only there to to either throw the audience off or to have someone who can basically lead the group to go, no, no, a werewolf is totally plausible. Let's run with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because earlier on, I think Trailer Trash Husband brings up werewolf and they all laugh at him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's stupid. Yeah, they do. Because again, when he says it, it sounds dumb. But not when the scientist <laughs> says it, because she calls it like nope. lycanthrope. <laughs> yeah. I love when she says lycanthrope and they spend so much time being like, what? What the hell are you talking about? And then again, <laughs> another giveaway because the, the oil guy is the one who knows exactly what it means and exactly yep. what she's talking about. Um, it's a little subtle hint that I really didn't pick up with at that time, but yeah, I just same. love that nobody – Nobody like it, like in, like in, like in Thorpe. Like it's just so. And he's the funny. one guy. Yeah, but you'll notice in that group, the one who says nothing when she brings that up doesn't try and repeat it. Says nothing, sits there quietly. Is the postal worker? She just keeps her mouth shut yeah. in the corner, right? And like because yeah. I was convinced of who it was, I was looking to see if they screw it up. And like when the husband gets his hand bit off and he's screaming and everyone starts popping out, she's the last one to show up and check on him. And she's just got something that's thrown over her. It looks like she's not wearing anything underneath. Everyone else is wearing full pajamas. Little things like that where the clues are there, which is cool. But the dead giveaway was the brooch that she found, quote unquote, in uh, Burly Man's Mountain. 
she was in the background messing about there. And then she goes, oh, look what I found. As soon as she did that, and he's like, oh, crap, we have to get it here. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Confirmed so from that moment on. I only have one thing of the movie that I was like, wait, what? And it's when the guy gets his hand bitten off. The trailer trash girl pops out and starts shooting at what you, they make you believe was the werewolf. And they don't really do a good job of explaining, like, did she ever see the werewolf or was she just shooting that guy for reasons? Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. Because she didn't look like she cared that she did hit him. On the one hand, she, she says he moves so fast. On the other hand, with all the gossip they're talking about, they apparently had sex at some point and some sort of falling out from it. So maybe it was just an opportunity to shoot him. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I think so. So I think he got bit. Werewolf took off. And then she comes around and shoots him without even bothering to look and then thought, ah, screw it. Whatever. I guess I shot him. Oh, well. And then blamed on werewolf is so fast. (laughs) When he's biting his own stump because he's losing his mind a little. But then he actually makes contact and it hurts so much. He's like, ah, ah. (laughs) Don't know why that destroyed. Those are the scenes that are really fun when they all start accusing each other of who the werewolf is because that's literally what the game is you're the werewolf mm-hmm. and i think so because dot 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 when they all start exposing everyone's dirty little secrets and then him in the corner with half his hand missing he's like i'm the werewolf that's right maybe it's me maybe it's all of you Arr! and then goes to bite his hand <laughs> so like, yeah bit my own hand off <laughs> but then he makes like just that slightest contact but the immediate reaction of like intense pain oh i love and it the, ow ow so ow <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then he just passively so dies on the couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just well, he bleeds shot. out. Like at the end of the day, he's shot in the chest. Well, <laughs> and what kills me is the ranger's like, oh, I put pressure on the wound. I'm like, you didn't do anything. We watched. You just kind of went like, yeah, you're okay. There's no bandage, no hand on him, nothing. He just says to the rest of the group, I put pressure on the wound. As if that's some sort of like thoughts and prayers mantra. <laughs> well, I loved it. <laughs> And it made me laugh because, like, at the end of the day, he's a forest ranger. Yep. So, like, it's not like he's a seasoned cop or yeah. a, an army ranger. No, he's a forest ranger. Like, it's hilarious. The fact that he owns a gun, I was, I thought was hilarious. When they're all like, you got to give away your gun. Well, you know, uh, ranger code says, you know, but in this one instance, yes, you're I'll give away my gun. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. But, like, just ridiculous. That was thing. actually one thing I was surprised they didn't play up on later. They take all the guns throw yeah. them into one room, lock it, and throw the keys out the window, and nobody goes looking for those keys later to get all the guns? Yeah, I thought that would no. come back too, but it didn't. Yeah. Though the scene of everyone pulling out their guns was pretty good. Who has a gun here? And just <laughs> everybody's whipping out a pistol. And then the chachi woman. It's America. The, it's just a little one. It's a purse gun. It's it's not the same as a real gun. <laughs> She's just She's waving, waving it around. around. And they're like, stop that. And I mean, the film tries to make some less than subtle points in terms of Half of the people up in the woods there are Republicans. Half of them are liberals. It's not hard to figure out which ones are which. No. I mean, oh, they yeah, may as well yeah. put Trump hats on the ones that are Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they put fun at that. It's surprising to me how much social commentary, because usually a good horror or a good comedy tries to have some social commentary. This one feels like it tries to have all of it because uh, they're trying <laughs> to encompass Me Too, you know, the nice guy thing. The, the liberals and the, the Republicans and the battle between them. There's a lot of hatred thrown every which way. And then, of course, the guns. Yeah. It's a very she political movie. She literally says to yeah. him, 
she literally says to him at one point, Oh, time's up. Me too. And like pointing at him, like telling him about yep. like his behavior. Like I thought it was hilarious because it was again, not I know subtle. at one point she says, you know, I know this is a little too heteronormal, but maybe you should man up. <laughs> yes. I thought that was hilarious. like all of those points they kind of bring up. I was like, wow, this is a, a very prevalent film. You can tell this was made in 2021. Oh yeah. Because a lot oh, of the yeah. references wouldn't really have worked one or two years ago, but they're pretty on the nose right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, not for better or worse. They're just there. And it's it's a really quick shorthand for you to tell which characters are which and a really quick way to dislike them. Because whether they're showing off the, the liberal group or the Republicans, it's the worst possible version of both. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that again, by the end, when she's like, a girl's got to eat. You're like, yeah, no, that's understandable. These people deserve it. Except for our nice guy. Let him live. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but it scores well. Over 100. 100 yeah, 138 reviews. Yeah, for a film that doesn't have a theatrical release, to my knowledge, over mm-hmm. 100 reviews at 86%. The critics oh, liked I didn't know it this didn't, more than... Didn't know it didn't a, have a theatrical release. Not that I know of. I didn't see it show up in theaters. It may have. If so, it was probably a limited run. It looks like something that went VOD right away in streaming, because I think it's a Netflix film. But to be at 86% amongst the critics is not bad. Now, audience score, there's over 50 ratings at 81%. 50 for the audience isn't a whole lot. I don't think a lot of people know about this film. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Yeah. They do now. They do now. (laughs) At least five more (laughs) reviews will show up on on the audience half of Rotten Tomatoes after you listen to us and go check it out. Which hopefully you watched it before listening to the rest of this because, man. Yeah. You kind of know what's going to happen now. I'll put another spoiler warning at the very beginning before it starts. Please watch the movie before listening to us on this one. Mm-hmm. But this might be the the only thing that I've enjoyed out of Ubisoft in the last three or four years. That's funny. And it's not a game. So <laughs> it didn't have a lot of bloat. It didn't have any DLC. Uh, it literally didn't because it just streamed with Netflix. It wasn't part nine mm-hmm. of something. Right. It was an original nope. property. I know they, they still remember how to do that somehow, maybe. Assassin's Creed number 75. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed this more than the Assassin's Creed movie. So, you know, Ubisoft, oh my God, this is on. the direction you That's should go. That's a low bar. That's a low bar. <laughs> it's a low bar and I'm walking right over it. Yeah. That's it. Like, this was, this was something where, at least for myself, I can recommend it to someone as, if you want to watch a good horror comedy, watch this. Not something where I go, if you want to see a good video game movie, because it barely qualifies i mean right it's taking a video game that was based off of a social game where there's not a lot of video gamey elements to the game itself anyway it's just taking the core premise and making it into a, a decent okay. whodunit yeah. yeah like the video game is almost more board game than video game and absolutely what, when making the movie they even change the setting so that really they're just keeping the core concept and they do justice to the core concept, but they do. It's not the same fireside sort of Transylvanian countryside conversation <laughs> as, as the game setting is, but it's still fun. Yeah. It's still the idea of a bunch of people trapped together trying to figure out who's going to kill them all. Call it a werewolf or call it a serial killer. It doesn't matter. We're trapped in here with a killer. Who is it? And that's a fun game yeah. to play. And this film plays it fairly well. And they have enough bodies to actually play with it. Cause it, a film like this, I'm always frustrated when it's a cast of, say, six characters. Great. Mm. Over the course of two hours, we're going to watch three people get picked off and the rest of them are going to figure it out. Bleh. Mm. Give me a dozen. I want to see a few go. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you get your wish. I wanted to be as bloodthirsty as that werewolf. That's my dream girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other things to touch on before we wrap this up? I feel like we've covered the, the major things yeah. to it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. My summary is it's a dad joke. You have one of two reactions. You either will laugh and enjoy it, or you will smirk and roll your eyes. <laughs> well, as a dad, I laughed a lot. That's uh, I think that's an extremely fair assessment, actually. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's a that's a respectful take. That's not a hot take. That's a that's a pretty respectful take. Oh, I agree with it, hundred percent. But I laughed at every dad joke that it threw at me. Uh, I, oh, so I mostly bad. smirked and rolled my eyes, mostly. <laughs> Well, next time we'll get you a true horror film and see if that works a little bit better. Oh, yeah. When we come back, we won't be watching a horror film, but we are watching something that I am dreading with every fiber of my being. It might be a horror film. We're going back to the <laughs> the well of Uwe Bowl. We're going to drink ourselves a hot bowl of Far Cry and hope to God it doesn't suck. We already know it's going to. It make us cry. I'm pretty sure it's not a Far Cry to say this will be a bad film. But we'll find the good in it. There's a dad joke for you. I just killed the podcast. We thank you for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, were Wayne Brissett and Mark Athenis. Gentlemen, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Have fun dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. Happy Halloween. Get your treats or unleash your tricks, whatever you gotta do. Next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next stage.